friends, and welcome to the CU Insight Network podcast. My name is Lauren Culp. I'm the publisher and CEO at CUinsight.com. And it's my job on this show to have conversations with the thought leaders who support the credit union community. There are just so many thought leaders out there whose job it is to support credit unions. Together, we get to identify those issues that affect credit unions and talk about all of the best practices to learn from one another and improve our credit unions. My guest on today's show is Steve Cass. He's the Chief Services Officer at Trellens. Steve, thank you so much for being here. Thanks a lot for having me. Appreciate it. I am really excited for our conversation today. There have been so many cool things coming out from Trellens lately. But I want to start by asking a question I always ask at the beginning of the show, which is most of us did not grow up thinking, gosh, I want to work with credit unions someday. So I'm curious, what did you want to be growing up? Um, I think you have that right. I haven't run into anyone like that previously. But so I guess what I wanted to do probably would not in any way coordinate with credit unions. I probably grew up thinking that I wanted to be the radio play by play voice of the New York Yankees. So that didn't work out. So, uh, you know, started doing some other stuff. That's amazing. Well, I could see that you probably would be great at that. You have a podcast voice. <laughs> well, unfortunately, no one's hired me to do it yet. So, you know, I'll, I'll uh, not quit my day job. All right. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about the journey then uh, to your current role as Chief Services Officer at Trellens. So I have been in the talent and staffing business for about 30 years, actually. And I started many years ago, and I worked for about 27 and a half years of that at a major global staffing provider and sort of worked my way through the chain over there and left in a senior level role a couple of years ago. But over a period of time, I got, you know, I was obviously very involved in placing people in consulting services in talent related services. So it was certainly very applicable to credit unions. And I also got very deeply involved in technology and maybe more specifically operational and digital transformation over the last seven or eight years or so. And, you know, that has to do with some of the work that we're doing now at Tron. So that's the path that led me to where I am now, sort of a combination of circumstances. Well, digital transformation, I think, is something that's on every credit union's mind right now. I want to learn a little bit more and hear a little bit more for our audience about Trellens specifically. What is that elevator pitch that you give folks about what Trellens does and where you really add value for credit unions? Trellens is dedicated to credit union innovation. So the way that we like to describe it is delivering innovative technology solutions to help credit unions achieve more. That's the elevator pitch. We do it through a variety of lines of business, which we could talk about, but delivering innovative technology solutions to help credit unions achieve more. I love that. I think when we talk about where credit unions can go, a lot of times being able to lean on those industry partners is so critical in their success. One of the topics that credit unions talk about and have heard a lot about lately, I think across the globe, we've heard about it, is, is artificial intelligence. Really, really hot topic. How do you think credit unions should really approach AI and its potential to really revolutionize our world? So, you know, AI 
has been around, frankly, for a while. And it's been used certainly in the technology world for the last five to eight years. But you're right. All of a sudden, and I think when it began was with the release of Chat GPT last November, all of a sudden, everything started becoming AI, some form of AI. And I think that you know, sort of what AI means has become different based on what you're trying to do, but it's certainly the buzz of the industry. I mean, we say that AI is, you know, the machine's ability to perform cognitive functions that we usually associate with human minds. Trellis is very, very involved in AI. And, you know, from an elevator pitch perspective, if you will, we say that Trellis helps credit unions elevate their operational outcomes with AI-powered solutions that improve organizational efficiency and increase member value. So that's what we're trying to do with AI. I would also say that from a credit union standpoint, that if you are not doing anything related to AI or if you're not building out a roadmap, chances are you are falling behind. It's really important to to sort of at least be talking about that. The other thing that I would say is that if you look at most credit unions right now, although they may be talking about AI and planning for things that, you know, that they want to do to improve their operations and their efficiency and their member value and their member experience, many of them have not strongly begun using it necessarily or have not begun sort of integrating it into the mainstream of their technology roadmap. But it's certainly something that does need to happen because at some point, AI is going to disrupt a lot of different things. And and Trellis is trying to get out in front of that and, you know, has an opportunity to help credit unions that, you know, maybe are at the beginning or in a more mature point of that process. To your point, credit unions that maybe have heard so much about AI, but haven't started putting it into their roadmap. Can you connect the dots for us? So when we think about generative AI or just AI in general, what would you say are the tools that credit unions can really tangibly benefit from? So taking it from that big idea that we hear so much about, but putting it into practice for credit unions, what does that look like? Well, the areas that we are seeing that are growing are retail banking, you know, sort of just working, you know, directly with um, rank and file members, small and medium enterprise business, you know, investment, loan portfolio ideas. You know, one of the ways that many credit unions are getting involved in AI and maybe more specifically in generative AI is through custom member experiences related to marketing. So that's something, frankly, that we're seeing a lot of right now. But those are some of the areas. I like it. Well, you, you mentioned that credit unions in general maybe are not as far along at implementing some, some generative AI-based tools. Looking at financial services as a whole, do you see maybe banks or fintechs using AI and, and any trends there? Yeah, we do. Definitely the sort of larger banks and you know, and just generally in the financial area, you know, whether it be Morgan Stanley or JP Morgan, Bloomberg, you know, they have definitely begun investing billions in building out AI solutions for their customers and basically integrating AI into everything they do. So no question about that, you know, whether it be, you know, next best action or whether it be more efficiently dealing with, you know, customers in their case, 
ISR members, obviously, in the case of credit unions. Certainly, there's been a lot of integration with chat GPT, you know, as well and other large language and natural language processing models. So, yes, we are definitely seeing banks do uh, significant work in AI. It's really interesting to hear that, uh, you know, compared to some folks who are competitors of credit unions, maybe there's, there's a real opportunity for credit unions to catch up. At the same time, I've heard from credit unions in the industry, and I, I think sometimes our industry tends to be a little bit more risk averse. And I, I think that that trend is changing, but we've heard from some in the industry who are a little bit more reserved or apprehensive about AI. And I'm curious, are there pitfalls that you would think credit unions do really need to be careful of or security considerations to be aware of as it relates to maybe enterprise-wide use of artificial intelligence? Yeah, you know, the thing that we tend to hear the most, and I think that this is valid, is that particularly when you're talking about anything that has to do with regulatory compliance or anything related to risk, the question is, you know, it's pretty, and it's pretty simple. It's a complicated topic, but you can ask a very simple question about it, which is, hey, is this information that the AI is generating, is it actually correct? Have you gone out and validated it? A lot of things happen in the black box, as we like to say, in data science in general. And do we know exactly what's happening in the black box? And do we know that it's accurate? And that we know that it's compliant? So yes, there are a variety of concerns. And I think that part of it is just certainly auditing, you know, what the AI is doing and validating various things. But yeah, there are definitely some things to look at and clearly things will get better as as time goes on. Absolutely. Well, as we look to the future, no one can predict what the world is going to look like. I think we certainly wouldn't have predicted the last couple of years, but what would you say is Trellis's focus for the road ahead? And are you speaking specifically about AI or in general? I'd love to hear in general, but if there's anything relating to AI too, I'm sure that that would be really interesting. Sure. So AI really crosses over all three of our major business lines. And I haven't really mentioned that, but we have three primary business lines. And as as a client of Trellis, you know, as a credit union client dealing with us, you don't really need to worry about the three business lines. You know, you certainly can think of us as one Trellis, but behind the scenes for the purpose of solution specialization, we have three business lines. One being analytics, which is our um, analytics tools and products and our analytics platform, you know, our flagship data warehouse program, which we have. We then have the talent business, which is what I am uh, primarily responsible for. And the talent business is anything related to people. So whether it be staff augmentation or professional services, sort of outcome-based project work. And then the third area that we handle is called our cloud business. And cloud is related to um, whether it be cloud or on-prem, just keeping the lights on. So anything related to your network, to keeping the lights on, to just your Azure, AWS, et cetera, just sort of IT operations is primarily what our cloud business does, also data and information security. So whether it be any of those three business lines, we have an AI roadmap that really connects them all. You know, I mentioned what we sort of use as the elevator pitch, but the things that we're trying to accomplish in general, increased operational efficiency and and more productivity of credit union technology stacks, more cost-effective use of products and services, faster insights, and that means insights both in 
internally to the credit union as well as to members, increased member response rates, higher product adoption rates, again, whether that be internally or externally, uh, you know, customized content and marketing that I mentioned before, higher member acquisition growth, which is also certainly related to marketing, higher return on, you know, on marketing investment. So certainly, you know, a trend there in marketing, but those are some of the things that we're working on that cross over a variety of our three lines of business. I love hearing about just sort of the the both the breadth and the depth of the work that Trellance does for credit unions. We're going to link to some contact information for the Trellance team in the show notes of this episode, as well as a link over to their site. So if anyone is interested in learning more, we'll have that really handy for you. Steve, thank you so much for sharing all of this information. As we wrap up the show, I always like to have some fun with rapid fire questions to let our listeners get to know you a little bit better too. We always say the questions are rapid, but your answers don't have to be. So if you are ready, we'll dive in. Sure. Let's go. All right. Who is someone in your life that was a great leader and what makes them great? So I hate to uh, not give you a specific name, but I am thinking of a specific person. And, you know, to me, sort of what makes them great is the fact that people who are really transparent are willing to tell you what's on their mind. And, you know, this person is was very willing from when I first started talking to them to give me very direct information about myself and maybe my blind spots and things that other people may have seen about me, but you don't see about yourself. I mean, sometimes those things connect, but you try to be in denial about your faults. But I think that, you know, somebody who, who makes, who gives you wise counsel and sort of calls you out when you need to be called out. I do have a specific person in mind, but would rather not mention them by name, but hopefully that answers your question. It does. So it sounds like a, a great leader too, is also someone who's a good coach, which makes a ton of sense. If you are going to splurge on something, say you want to treat yourself, what is one thing you might invest a little bit in, whether it's time or resources? Yeah, you know, when it just comes to a splurge, one of the things, if I could go slightly personal, I think are just any family trips. You know, I think particularly as, you know, kids get a bit older and maybe you don't spend as much concentrated time together. Um, I could probably spend unlimited money on going on, you know, family trips where you have new experiences together. You, know, you get time together that you wouldn't otherwise get. And I think it really helps build a relationship. And I, you know, I, I always feel like, you know, when you're, when you're on your deathbed one of these days, you're not going to be thinking about what was the biggest TV that you ever bought. You're probably going to be thinking about what are the experiences that you had with the people that are important to you. So for me, that's probably it. I love that. And so, so true. All right. Random question for you, Steve. If you travel for work, many of us do, whether it's for client visits or for conferences, what is that city you're most excited to visit when you see it come up? Yeah. So I live in the Chicagoland area, but I have been fortunate through business and personal to do a massive amount of travel. But you know what? It just comes down to me, kind of the simple answer, which is also specifically if you're talking about city, um, is New York. I mean, I just think that New York has everything that you would ever want to do, has every kind of person that you would ever want, has every kind of entertainment, you know, whether it be, you know, just cultural, intellectual, whatever the case may be. You know, I grew up very close to outside of New York City. So, uh, you know, by the great sports town, which is something that obviously I'm really into. That's what I would say. Yeah. I love that. It's been a few years since I've been to a credit union event in New York City, but hopefully we'll see one come up again soon here. All right. What is a book that you think just everyone should read? 
So I'm going to give you something that maybe would not seem very normal. And it's, and it tends to be one of those books that probably more, a lot more people saw the movie, particularly because it was starring Brad Pitt. And I'm going to give you Moneyball. I am a huge sports fan. I'm particularly a huge baseball fan. And it's interesting because as, as advanced analytics becomes more and more of a core part of not only business, but just everyday life. You know, when you look back 20 years ago or so at the book Moneyball by Michael Lewis, which was about, you know, how the Oakland A's kind of built their team very cheaply and very effectively. And by the way, uh, Billy Bean, who's the general manager of the Oakland A's, spoke about this topic at the Trellance Conference last year, which was really interesting. But I think Moneyball is really, really interesting because it shows you how analytics can make you much more efficient and how if you simply look at the data, you can solve problems that um, you might not otherwise be able to solve and that sometimes just throwing money at things is not the most effective way. So I'm going to throw you a curveball, no pun intended, and give you Moneyball. I like it. That's the first time we've heard that answer on the show. So we'll link to that here for anybody who's interested. What has been your best hack for creating balance and integration between your work life and what I sometimes like to call your life life? Yeah, I think what's called in the current world, work-life integration. I think the, the term work-life balance has changed to work-life um, integration. You know, for me, uh, you know, I do have a lot of things that I'm interested in. But frankly, what I think has created sort of that bridge, if you will, is just actually being an authentic person and and being the same person, you know, whether at home or at work or whatever the case may be, just being authentic, trying to be a little bit funny here and there, trying to get to know the people that I, that I work with, you know, trying to look at things that are important to them and, you know, understand their self-interest and build relationships and try to go out of my way to, you know, to help people whenever, you know, whenever it's possible, because I like to, you know, treat people the way that I'd like to be treated. So to me, it's just about having fun at work and having the best time um, that you can possibly have while also being productive. You know, I've had this joke over the years that I've used is that when people say like, hey, you know, you're kind of funny, I'd say, well, yeah, I'm both here to uh, be as productive as possible and entertain you whenever possible. So, you know, to me, it's really that it's just being authentic and trying to have a good time over the course of the day. I like it. That is great. And I agree with you 100%. Work-life integration is kind of the the new way to think about it. Well, see, we're going to link to everything we talked about today in the show notes. But my last question for you is, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share or maybe final asks of our listeners today? Yeah, I mean, I would just say that if you have a note somewhere on your planner that says AI, and you know that it's something that you, whether you're at the beginning of that stage or you're somewhere involved in, you know, in that journey, that it's something that you probably want to pursue. And whether it be, you know, with us at Trellance or some other vendor or internally or whatever the case may be, is that the world is changing, as we all know, faster than ever. Technology is playing a more important role. You know, clearly that, you know, the economy that we're in, we need to be as efficient as possible and be able to generate, you know, as much value and revenue as, as possible. So I would just tell you that advance that note from your planner and put it into action because it's only going to mean that you're going to have greater prosperity and success faster when you when you move on it instead of procrastinating. So, I mean, that would just be my thought and what I try to do for myself. 
That is just a perfect way to wrap up the conversation today. And you heard it here, folks. If you've got AI on a sticky note on your desk, (laughs) now is the time to put that into action. Thank you so much, Steve, for being on the show. So great getting to connect with you today. Sure. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. I really appreciate it. Well, stay well. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into the CU Insight Network podcast. And we will be back again next time. 